You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Alan Guar with the Chameleon Church Show for Tuesday, November 9th. It's really small over there. Good morning. It's November. It's cold. I'm wearing my winter clothes. I'm starting to bust them out, you know, to turtlenecks. You'll see the tweed and the wool soon enough. I promise. Hey, it's a gray morning up here, out here. I'm com- coming to you live and direct from the Wasatch back the in, in northern Utah. I live in a small ski uh, what is it? A ski? Uh, I don't know. Ski town type of thing. There's another word for it. And uh, you're watching the uh, Chameleon Church Show. Thanks for joining us, and welcome all the all you new viewers. The Chameleon Church Show is it's. Uh, we've been doing this every Tuesday morning for over three and a half years. It's unscripted. We literally well. Look outside your door. That's our script. But uh, it's unscripted. We literally have no idea what we're going to talk about. And uh, it's always fun to watch the Holy Spirit just show up and go boom and then boom. And um, it's very not religious. So if you have a religious spirit, you might not like it because uh, we might say something you don't like. We might, you know, you never know. Um, We're just real people out here. And, uh, you know, anyway, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's just, you know, it's not I'm not for the faint of heart, apparently. Um, And apparently I'm involved with some of the craziest bat poo-poo streams of Christianity out there. (laughs) What does that say about you? That's right. Anyway, so our, uh, my co-host, Lenny Parada, if you watched last night, you met him. Um, He's my old pastor, like from the eighties. He's, he married my wife and I, Uh, he's not able to make it. He's not able to join us this morning. And so we've been able to acquire my good friend and brother and, former drummer of Spyglass Blue and uh, the brains behind uh, some coffee shop somewhere up there in Seattle, um, Chris Rosentrader. Good morning. Welcome back. Well, see, Chris Chris isn't officially a co-host yet. We still haven't. He, we're still separating the yellow M&Ms. Did, did you hear from my attorney? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, he's he might have saw that Facebook post. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You might have seen that. If, if, hey, hey, man, if, if he's trolling or cruising the that 90s recovery group, it ain't going to go through. <laughs> the deal won't go through. Oh, my gosh. I'm happy to be here. It's great to see you, as always. Likewise. I wish we were drinking coffee in the same room together. I know, right? That'd be fun. It's been a while. It's been a handful of years. The last time I came and saw you... Was it 2018 or 17? Yeah, something like that. Well, remember, I, I was up there. Didn't was it you and I and Corin in oh, yeah. 2019? Two years ago. Yeah, two years yeah, ago. We were, yeah, we uh, what you call it? We were uh, we went and saw uh, Sean Bolts, 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 Bolts. Remember yeah, that? I do. We had pizza. <laughs> yeah, with no pork. That's right. And then went to. See Sean Bowles on his little tour thing he was doing. Yeah, and then we listened to some Christmas music. Apparently that's getting me in trouble right now, too, with some of those tour thumpers. It's pretty funny. You know, it's like, woo! And then it's like, dude, chill out. Hey, um, how, how, how's the missus? 
She's good. It was her birthday yesterday. And I forgot and I didn't say anything. So we did kind of a after school family thing. And then we went to her parents live close. So we went over there for the evening dinner and fun times. So yeah, was, she's good. She's, we did a walk yesterday. Kids were taking a test. So we left and did this, there's a, like a two mile path at our house and that's good. She's, she's, she's good. 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 You miss, we miss her. And, and, uh, you went, um, camping with the boy. Yeah. Last weekend we, Very cool. uh, we were doing a fire pit in the back backyard about a month yeah. ago. And he says, dad, I miss camping. Right. I'm like, are you serious? You serious, man? Like, cause this summer every, every week who wants to go camping? They're all like, no, no. I know, right? And then, then he's like, if you want to go camping, I'm taking you. Yeah. So we picked the weekend that worked out. So we went for nice. just close by two nights and Very cool. good chats, good hikes, and just me and him this time. That's nice. Yeah, I, used to, I used to always harass Corin to go fly fishing with me. And he was like, no, 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 you know. So then – um. Then all of a sudden he started. He went out on his own. And he he you know came back and so now he's the one bugging me. They have they have to like it has to become like their idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it did. Like, yeah, and with my grandson Julian, I've been wanting to take him. He's gone. He's been fishing and he's caught like big old rainbows, and he's and he loves it in the moment. But then it's like he doesn't want nothing to do with it. And it's like let's go fishing because I want I want to take him fly fishing. He won't let me take him fly fishing. So he, I just got back from a. Two week, um, no, like, yeah, two and a half week road trip. And he asked me about it when I saw him the other day. And I told him I was doing a bunch of surf fishing. He goes, Oh, I want to do that. I'm like, Why would you, why do you want to do surf fishing and not this? Cause it's different. It's, you know, cause, cause, cause he knows he's not going to, cause it's not like right down the block. Yeah. It's, you go, you go somewhere and there's action. Yeah. Right. Well, he, but he's all, but he also knows it's not down the block. So there's no chance of him actually doing it. <laughs> These kids, yeah, but it's got to be their idea. That's good. Yeah, he he's a he's a connector. He's he's twelve. Twelve, yeah. But his one of his love languages is just time. Nice. You know, walk, and then he'll just start asking these questions. And wow, there's a lot going on in there. Do you want me six type questions? Um. Uh, just I don't know. He he just notices a lot. No, just he just notices a lot of things, a lot of nature, and of course I I take <laughs> as a dad does. I take it back to the goodness of God and yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That would be good I, I don't know. Stuff. I don't know yeah. why caterpillars are fuzzy. I don't know. <laughs> but if but if but Jesus is yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, we, we love you and your family, and can't wait to see all of you guys. It's been a long time since we've seen each other, like, as a whole. I was thinking today, how do I make an excuse and a case to drive to Utah? With everyone. Well, you know, we're going to be – we're about a week late on getting our first snow. But it, it, it wants to snow. Mm. So so, so you, you were saying – you had a cool night last night online on your group. Yeah. What, what did, and then you, you go and sleep on it and then you wake up like what's, what's first to mind on your heart this morning? 
Anybody that sees it doesn't have a clue is going to think we're a bunch of nutcases. They're going to think we're uh, out of order. There should have been an interpretation of a tongue. And, the, you know, they're, they're going to think all this stuff because they literally don't know uh, the rules of engagement regarding worship or worshiping in the spirit. What's on your heart, though, like the theme, like encouragement? Oh, like what's, like what, did you, what did you wake up with God saying to you? About last night? Nothing. Nothing. No, because because like what happened last night happened last night, and it was and 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 it was awesome. I mean, what God did last night, and and it, you know, it was very moving for me, simply because. Well, as you know, because we've done this together for a while, when mm-hmm. being a catalyst to people having an intersection, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll use the word being responsible in provoking the Holy Spirit in other people's lives is one of the most satisfying things you can do, you know, as you know, as, as a worship leader. Um, so there, that happened, that, that went, that went, that went on last night. It was awesome. And it was great to see, you know, Ryan just, Ryan picked up his guitar and led us in a song. Lenny picked up his guitar. Just, it was very organic. Mm. And so it was it was gratifying and satisfying as a leader. But it's also, you know, I really struggled with doing this online stuff, you know, because, you know, I'm so I'm, I'm such an advocate for actual fellowship, physical fellowship. Even, you know, even though I understand not a lot of people can do that for whatever reason, there's nothing in the area, uh, age, disability, whatever. Um and so, and I was like, look, you know, if we're going to, if you're going to force me to do this thing, uh, I, I, how are we going to be able to transcend cyber space? And cause this is an online group. Right. And so I've, we've been watching that happen. And so to watch it happen again last night, to be a part of it and to see it happen, man, it's uh it's awesome. God is God. He can do whatever the heck he wants. And he does. Yeah. I And you know, I, the last year I've done, done, been doing things online, of course, and in person, we've had a group in our house and stuff. And, um, but I'm able to meet with people around the world. Right. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things against cyber is, oh, you lose a person. I need the interaction, but God, God owns the internets. He owns a series of tubes. Yeah. I was praying with this guy last week. I meet with him on Fridays and um, I just said, Hey, let's just pray first, which we should do by the way. What's that? Let's. uh, um, And he, he said, we got, we got them praying for a couple minutes and he just, he was bawling his eyes out. I'm like, what's up? And he says, I've, it said, it's been a long time since I felt the presence of God like that. And, we're, and I'm praying for him online. I'm like, that's not me. That's <laughs> we invited. Yeah, the Lord's with us. We invited him to remove our obstacles, so he manifests, and he just did. And I just think there's power of yeah. gathering around the name, whether it's on the internet or what. And right. the opportunities are great. Right. And it's not that I don't think that God can't do that. Obviously, it's just right. like wow, you know, he, you know. It's you know when you're on this side of the camera you're you want to be able to facilitate you know you want to be able to lead and usher in and you know all that stuff and it's 
without having actual physical people. It's a little, I don't know. It's very, it's, it's awesome that, it, that it's happening though. You're, you're definitely, you're definitely an in-person guy for sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's pray. Let's pray. Should we pray? Sure. Okay. Do you want me to? Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> let you lead us in prayer. Okay. <laughs> oh man, you're funny. I love you. God, I just, I just look to you and I'm grateful for now. I'm grateful for this moment and grateful that there's others that are pursuing you in this world and we don't have to feel alone. So we just want to take a minute and just recognize your presence with us. You say where two or three are gathered, we're gathered, we're gathered online. There's people with us. And I ask you just to meet with us today and teach us. And that when we come away in an hour or whatever, it's going to be that we'd come away encouraged closer to you than when we woke up and teach something to us, reveal Reveal more truth to us through your word. We worship you. We're grateful. You are righteous, holy, just, and your loving kindness endures forever. We bless your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Yeah. Top of the hour. I have no adverts. I haven't had a chance to make any yet. We're going to, we're going to, um, yeah, I'm going to do that. It's eight o'clock. Can you hear that? Can you guys hear that system? That system audio sound? I don't know if you can or not. I don't hear it. Cool. So, um, yeah. Not sure what to talk about. So, all right. Here, here is something we can talk about. So, in September, let me actually pull it up. In September, you and I had a conversation mm-hmm. about about stuff. And I mentioned that, you know, it's not like God didn't know this was going to happen. Not only did he know this was going to happen, he knew what what are we talking what is this? Well, if you've been if you haven't been around for the last if you haven't been around since March of 2020, uh, certain things have been imposed on us at a global level. And um, with an agenda that a handful of us knew about and actually warned about the majority didn't believe us the majority thought we were nuts and yet here we are mm-hmm. um and so we were talking about that stuff and i mentioned that um that you know father god knew this was going to happen he knew that what man was going to do he knew how man was going to manipulate. He knew how man was going to do this for with, with a with a with a with an agenda. You know, there is a an end game to this. They do have a, and I, you know, they, they do know they do know what they're doing. It is completely, you know, and that God knew this was going to happen, and He knew how it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. And he knew how man was going to respond accordingly. So, September 6th, I posted this. On Tuesday of last week, I received the word out of Haggai on how starting, so a week before that, whatever September 6th is, a week before that, the beginning of September. Um, and I actually, you know, I, we explained all this. 
when it happened. September 1st, uh, let me re- let me start over. On Tuesday of last week, I received the word out of Haggai on how starting Wednesday night, September 1st, through the last day of Tabernacles, basically through September 30th, you, we, are to consider your ways and build the house of Adonai, that I may take pleasure in it and that I might be glorified. We are to busy ourselves with the work of building his house in our midst. And we talked about that, and we talked about how you and I had this conversation, and the conversation was, hey, if God knew this was going to happen, there's there's some sort of prophetic timeline at play, and it's on us to, to figure this stuff out. And it's on those that have that ability or gifting or whatever to do so and let the rest of the people know. And then we started talking about how, you know, uh, when I was writing the feast book in 2017, people were saying we're in the days of Ezra. And then there's this chapter uh, when it comes to Sukkot in my book, I, I mentioned Nehemiah 8. And then, of course, Lance Wall now with the whole Cyrus thing and Isaiah 45. Well, it's right. So here there's that timeline. Well, if that's the case, where are we? And then Lance was saying something, Lance and Mario Murillo, more more Lance. I like I love how Mario Murillo actually unpacked it though, with what happened last November. Um, and it was and here's and what did what did what did Israel do? Well, Israel went as a Cyrus, a pagan who was used by God to bring Israel, a remnant, out of Babylon back to the land so that they could rebuild the wall, rebuild the temple. That's what Nehemiah is all about. And then Ezra, the priest, the high priest, and and how Israel balked, they, and they were getting a lot of opposition, um, a lot of opposition they were getting from um, everybody all around them to stop them. And um, oh, here we look at these freaking trolls, man. They need to just go away. Um, and so... Um, can somebody be taking care of that while I'm talking in case I miss them? Thank you. Um, and so what happened to, you know, what, what happened to us, what happened to Israel? Israel ended up not taking care of business, just like we didn't. And so where are we on that timeline? And then um, so I went to Haggai and saw what Haggai was saying and realized that what Haggai was saying was literally like in 48 hours, that particular day of that month. And so, um, so I posted this thing about how here's the word for this fall fee season starting tonight, and that was uh, September first through the end of Tabernacles, September thirtieth. Based on the actual word in Haggai, we are to busy ourselves with the work of building His house in our midst. And then a week later, at Glory of Zion, Ryan sent me this that that happened at Glory of Zion. I'm not saying you're a troll. <laughs> Leslie, I'm not saying you're a troll. Um, and then a week later, Chuck Pierce came out with, so we've been in a year characterized by the Hebrew letter pi and Aleph, because I, I hadn't even realized that we were under the, the letter bet. Um, the new year is represented by the letter bet, a picture of a house, a year God builds the house for the future. And uh, we will be, we'll see what God is saying prophetically about the year ahead. So, was, anyway, it was, there's, you know, kind of like, you know, this pseudo confirmation. So, um, so I decided 
let's let's so where are we now? Because there was more stuff. And so Haggai finishes, and then we so after Haggai, we begin the next the next book. Let me bust that out. Are we boring everybody yet? And then after Haggai, we go into Zechariah. Zechariah actually has a word in the middle of for October, well, not October, obviously, but for the eighth month, um, he he gets a word, but we've already passed that. And then it says here on the verse seven of Zechariah one, on the 24th day of the 11th, no, that's the 24th day of the 11th month. I got to go back then because it's not. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry. We're back in Haggai. So if you go back to Haggai chapter two, you will see in verse 10, um, the next word that Haggai gets. It's on the 24th day of the ninth month. That's in three weeks because we are the ninth month just started over the weekend, uh, like three days ago. So literally in 21 days is when Haggai got this word. So I'm, I'm just going to read this word. Uh, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. I'm, out, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, so no one can say I'm manipulating the text to slant it towards a Hebrew roots perspective. And I mean, I literally have to deal with those people. <laughs> Thus says the Lord of hosts. Oh, but then I used the word Lord, and then you got the Torah crazy people that are like, it's not Lord, that's just, a, you know, see, you can't win. All right. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest about the law. If someone, well, the sacred namers. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or all or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no, because it doesn't. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean because it does. Then Haggai answered and said, so is it with the people and with this nation. Before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands and what they offer, there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there was but 10, right? They're, they're, they're losing. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with, with blight and with mildew and with hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. So here we are, verse 18, <coughs> chapter 2 of Haggai, the word that Haggai gets in three weeks. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. So he gets a second word on the same day. Speak to, to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And we're wondering if that's that snap we're thinking is going to happen in June. <sighs> Overthrowing the kingdoms of the earth. So he's going to overthrow the kingdoms of the earth. And the horses and the riders shall go down, everyone by the, the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. 
and then the then we go into Zechariah. Zechariah gets that word in the eighth month, and then he doesn't get another word until the twenty fourth day of the eleventh month. Something about the twenty fourth day is very important. Is is that's when it's, all this stuff is happening. So if if the I'm not saying I have to clarify this because again, people, I'm not saying that that's exactly what's going to happen, and I'm not saying that because we're in that same time frame that these words and because this stuff already happened. What I'm saying is there's a prophetic spirit, there's a prophetic air, there's a prophetic whatever, and it's already been confirmed, right? That what I thought was happening September first, it was already confirmed by other like you know vetted named prophet. I don't just make this stuff up and go, hey, listen to me, you know, uh, contrary to popular belief. So if there is a prophetic timeline, because if God knows, if God already knew this was going to happen to us, when it happened, how it happened, with the the players and the actors that it's happening with and to, and, and it should be very concerning to every single one of you that this is happening at a global level. And if you just, if you watch the news at all, I mean, not that, oh, I don't watch the news. Well, then you're probably not, probably don't know what's going on. Um, the stuff that's happened just in the last two weeks, is just really, really extreme. And it's not just in your town. It's happening all over this world. And um, that alone should be of concern to people because it's just, it's just, and we've, we've already said that, we don't believe this is the beast, Mark, but it's too freaking close for comfort. Um, so, if this timeline in Haggai, and I'm not the only one that thinks that there's this, a correlation, because this correlation began pre-Trump. Um, if there's any validity to that timeline, to a prophetic timeline, or a uh, you know, a similarity to it. I don't think if we, if I ask, how many of you think? Here, let me just read it. How many of you think? Uh, where is it? Can we do a live survey? How do you do that? I don't know. Just ask them, I guess. Making <laughs> comments here. How many of you think that the Lord is about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms? And that he's about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and their riders shall go down, everyone by the sword of his brother. How many of you think that the Lord, that Adonai, is about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the thrones of kingdoms, the governments of man? See, I, I, I would say that if I asked that question, the majority of you would say, I do. Well, then then if that's the case, and some of us actually think that there's some credence to this timeline or uh, similarities. Well, then what do we have to do? Then, so, okay, so now, so what do we do? So now what do we do? Move to Utah? I'm thinking Project Issachar. No, I don't think Utah's the answer. Um, the, Utah is a LDS state. I mean, this Utah is the only state in the nation that is literally ran by a church. I mean, literally. There's no, there's no one. It's not even in hiding. It's not even a secret. 
there is no separation of church and state here. The state is the church. The church is the state. I know. And I know. I know. I know what we're supposed to do. Seek the Lord while he may still be found, so yeah. that when the waters come, yeah. no, no overwhelmed. And work while it's still day. Because mm-hmm. the time is coming where you won't be able to do any work. I was thinking of when you when you started this segment, Psalm 2. Um, sits in the heavens. Why are the nations in uproar, the peoples grumbling in vain? Mm-hmm. The earth's kings taking possessions, leaders conspiring together against Adonai and his anointed. Yeah. There's a plot. And verse 4, he who sits in heaven laughs. Adonai looks at them in derision, which speaks to what you're saying. He knew it was coming. I mean, nothing's out of his hand. He desires all to be saved. He's inviting us into relationship. It's a it's the same old stuff, right? Yeah. What's crazy is the amount of stuff, and- What's crazy is the amount of stuff that is being planned for this winter. And Jesus said, pray that your flight doesn't happen in winter or on the Sabbath. Project Issachar, man. Um, Be prepared. I just saw, I just posted a bunch of news reports of China is telling their citizens to uh, store, prepare, like to do prepper stuff because this winter is going to be a crazy one. That's China telling China. Anyway, it's just if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you are you need to know the season that we're in and you need to know it is it is the strangest thing to have to think about what I want to say because we're being censored in the United States of America today. I, I can't even begin to explain how infuriating that is to me. I'm an old punk rocker. I'm not wired to to uh, be censored. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't play it well. I don't. I don't play this game very well. Um, And there's a lot I can't say simply because they'll pull this from YouTube. They'll pull this from Facebook. They'll take your account. Um, and I think it's it does more good being here than it would be to be pulled because I said something that they don't approve of. The fact that we're being censored should be enough to warrant to tell you everything you need to know about what's going on in your world right now in your day-to-day right now. The fact that your gasoline is going up. The fact that the administration that we have, we have. I mean, there's just so much. And and what blows my here's what blows my mind: we're being censored, and we're being, um, what's the word? Manipulated into doing something we don't want to do, or. And, and I'm not going to say what I was about to say. <laughs> and what blows my mind is the is the amount of people of faith that have just in line they're just in line 
and are compliant. It just blows my mind. I mean, we've known, we've been talking about this for decades. It's not like this is new. Welcome to the party, pal. We've been talking about this for decades. This is nothing new to us. We've been talking about this for 40 stinking years. Just because you just got here doesn't mean, you know, and I'm not saying that to do this. No, I'm saying, hey, if if for any reason, if we were able to see it 40 years ago, you should be listening to us now that we're here, now that it's now that it's here. This is serious stuff. We're not. This is conspiracy fact. It's happened. It's happening and it's happened. And what they want to do tomorrow isn't cool. It's not good. What's coming is ancient, but you don't have to fear it because you supposedly you serve the ancient of days. Well, you need some discernment and you need to prepare, need some wisdom. We call it Project Issachar because the sons of Issachar could tell what was coming and were able to prepare the people for it. I haven't said this in, in a long time, but whatever horrific thing you can imagine, it's worse than that. And whatever insane requirement you could ever imagine that is required of you by Father God, He requires even more as un, unto death. Anyone that loved their life, remember? Anyone that didn't love their life unto death. I mean, I know that you've been taught and pacified to believe that this isn't that extreme, that, you know, and that we're extremists and all that kind of stuff. But it's been, uh, it, it really is. Serving the king of the universe is not for the faint of heart. Serving the king of the universe is not passive. Serving the king of the universe is not a wide gate. Yeah, how they paint it. It just isn't. Mm. It's a narrow and it's a narrow and restrictive and few find it. That's why the masses, man, did what they did in 2020. They re, they they rejected the spirit of prophecy. And we've told you what that means. Uh, the testimony of Jesus picked up a placard with a three-letter acronym instead, and um, and now they're and now they're in step. They're all in step. When I let my natural man get the best of me. And I feel anxiety rising. It's based around comfort level. It's based around my kids. It's based around a pining for the good old days. Freedom to move. Freedom to do what I want. Freedom to enjoy life. And then when the Holy Spirit checks me and I release my anxiety, I think, wow, this is really exciting. I, I, I find, because there's promises. God's a God of promise. And the word for me this week has been faithfulness. What does it mean when it's faithful? And he says, I won't let your foot stumble. I won't abandon you. I won't, 
he'll show he'll show up for us. He will protect his chosen. He will protect the ones he loves. And that's great faith. That that's great encouragement. And I think what we're talking about is in steps. It's always just a little, it's like a tide that creeps in, little, little, little. And then you look up and go, wow, wasn't the tide out 50 feet like 30 minutes ago? No. And then you look up and like, and I think it's it's that God is calling us into intimacy. Because yeah. if this is steps, like you were saying earlier, what are the things to do? Stay, stay in the vine, abide in the vine, pray, pray without ceasing, cast all your cares on him. And he's the only thing that will bring comfort and that will see us through the future, whether the future is a year or the future is 40 years. It's yeah. Release all your desperation, release all your hope to put it all in his hands. Yeah. All chips the, in, all chips in. Oh, I'm I know. Lord. I know I'm all in, man. <sighs> It's not like we weren't. It's not look. At, it's not like we weren't warned. We have Israel to look at. We we you know we're just like Israel. I mean, we're just following the same trajectory. We're just like Israel. They were warned. They didn't heed. Look what happened. Jesus even uh, told us this was going to happen. I mean, he warned us. He says, "Look, you know, they will drag you into the temple, thinking they're doing God's will." I wrote a I wrote a song a long time ago. And the lyric is, martyr's obsession, not my addiction. There is nothing romantic about the end times. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, romantic about it. There's nothing, oh, yeah, that's so cool. No, man, it's going to suck, and it's going to suck hard. But like I've said before, without a false prophet and without a beast system and without an antichrist, Messiah doesn't come back. See? Yeah, that's the exciting part. Uh, yeah. You know. That's the exciting part. Like right. Without a Ahab and without a Jezebel, you don't have an Elijah. You know, one of the first things you're gonna do is turn off the internet. That's one of the first things that'll happen. I mean, they're already censoring the internet. They want to regulate it. They want to regulate it like a a, a, a utility, which gives them complete control. Um but you know, because YouTube is a private held privately held company, they can do what they want. And because Facebook is a privately held company, they can do what they want, and they do. And so um, they they can censor. And since they play right into the agenda, we just want you to be equipped and prepared, and we just want you to be – we don't want you to be ignorant to what is happening and what's going to happen, what's coming. But we don't. We don't also don't want you to fear, obviously. We want you to be wisdom. You got to be a – you got to be smart about this. Um, yeah, I know. I know they didn't a few years ago. That's that's the thing. There's an agenda. There's there's an in 2019, Donald Trump upset a bunch of people at a global level, and here we are. And I don't know if I, if I can even say that much without them pulling it. We'll see. It's important that you have your communities. Like if you you assume eventually electricity and internet gets shut down, having communities, you know, obviously starting with your family, but who are people that 
you can pursue faith together and encourage yeah. basic needs, um, love. I mean, it, does, it should concern you that the entire planet is trying to get you to do something and your children. It's just mind boggling. I, a year ago, I was, I was asked, well, I was, somebody said, you're insane, Alan, if you think the whole world's in on something. How, how is that even possible? I'm like, do you know what the W and WHO stands for? <laughs> Have you ever heard of the United Nations? It's like, this is how stupid these people are. I don't know. My Bible says the whole world gets in on it. Read Revelation. Chapter, what is it, 13? I think, uh, I think what's his name? Michael Burke already posted it like half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... If, if the book of Revelation is just, I don't know, allegory or whatever you want to call it, then, then you have nothing to worry about. You're good to go, right? Got your golden ticket. Got your Carmen CDs. You're good. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't buy that. I've never bought into that. I don't believe that. I believe it is true. And I also believe, um, what was it? Uh, Mike Bickle mentioned this like 12 years ago. Revelation, the book of Revelation isn't something that happens to us. It's something we cause with our prayers. Because if you're praying for Messiah's return, if you're praying, come Lord Jesus. Oh, should I change that? Come uh, Adonai Mashiach. <laughs> if, you're, if that's your prayer, if that's what you're praying as a believer, then we cause revelation to happen. And that's everyone gets weird about that. Oh, you're praying for the end of the world. No, no, we're not praying for the end of the world. No, we're not. We're not crazy people like that, man. We just believe that humankind and this planet would be better off with, under Messiah's rule. Mm-hmm. See, you can't even talk like that. That, that. I sound like a crazy person. We believe that the world and the world systems and the kingdoms of this earth would be better managed. Oh, my wife. This is live. Yes, cliffhanger. Wow. Better managed, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, let me check my Snapchat. I'll be it's right not, back. No, I don't even have a Snapchat. Um, We believe that our planet would be better managed with Jesus of Nazareth at the helm, ruling as high priest from Jerusalem. That makes me sound like a nut job. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's strange. It's strange to someone that isn't in the faith or is not... Like what? I mean, it's hard. It's hard even for evangelical Christianity to grasp that concept. I know. Uh, yeah, I know what that's what you're saying. I guess I've just been thinking the the wide road, narrow gate scripture. Talking to my kids about it, about you know, majority. What's a majority? What is democracy? What is? And oftentimes, if everyone in the room is saying you should do something. It's not necessarily true, right? Everyone in the room would say you're not supposed to bully a kid or you're not supposed to steal. There, there are those things, but 
when it comes to ideologies and quote, when the way they said it when I was little was everybody's doing it, isn't necessarily mean that, that, that isn't mean it's, there's a pass. Mm-hmm. You have to discern what's going on and that's wide road, narrow gate. Right. And you have to look up and say, is what, what's the, what's the percent of people that are saying yes to something or saying no to something or rehashing a hashtag and does that necessarily make it right or wrong and your holy spirit trumps everything and it's really that's how it's always been but now the lines are bright it's becoming less gray it seems i have to agree with this there are things I can so all right, so let's take our last eighteen months, almost you know eighteen months that's what this represents the last eighteen months. the stuff that we can't talk about openly because it'll kill our channels. Let's put that aside before that happened, there were things that they were telling us we couldn't say as ministers or whatever you want to call it because it was hate speech, remember yep. so saying stuff like Jesus, you know being ruled by Jesus would be better off for this planet than what our present rulers. I mean, that's like, that's like that, that. They don't like that kind of talk. You're talking about a dead man, Alan. You're talking about being ruled by a dead man. People of faith would actually consider that too. It's like, well, I'm not sure what the Jesus you, you believe in, but my Jesus is coming back. My Jesus is alive. He's coming back and he's freaking pissed. <laughs> Remember that? There's a shirt or something like that. So anyway, saying the word freaking upsets some people, so I apologize. Uh, And the word piss probably isn't a good idea either. Uh, My Jesus is coming back, and he's stinking angry. Like a drunk man aroused. Wow. Yeah. It's, um, I love that meme, man. Jesus at the door. Knock, knock. Let me in. Why? To save you. So I can save you. Save me from what? From what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. (laughs) That is the greatest meme. It conflicts with all theology that's out there, with Christian theology. What? What do you mean? Jesus wants to save us from what he's going to do to us if we don't let him in? Well, yeah. What do you think he makes if we don't? We have the opportunity to bow, to take the knee. You want to take the knee? Take the knee to the Messiah. Yeshua of Nazareth, that's who you take the knee to. And if you don't voluntarily, you will eventually. All Every knee shall bow and, yeah. and confess that he is Adonai. That's amazing. That's, that's Whether you want to or not. That's a promise. Yeah, whether you believe it or not. Don't mm. you think you, you should probably align yourself with, you should probably look into that? Oh. See, that's what we're saying. We're not just talking about, we're not just sitting here complaining about something. No, we're, we, we're, we're talking about some situations that might sound like a complaint, but we have the answer. We're not just going to sit here and go, complain, complain, complain. No, here's the answer. Jesus is the answer. Man, this is so heavy, dude. I was expecting party hats and confetti. No, wrong party, pal. I love that when I meditate on that scripture about every knee shall bow. Like if if you if you put yourself in that in that movie scene, 
and you're seeing the nations line up and and you're in line and you see him with a robe dipped in blood and he's carrying his mega like Lord of the Rings sword. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and there's two actions with that sword. And you're as you're kneeling and or the christening. Yeah. The king that my son and you and you and I think still even if we would say we're pursuing the Lord with our whole heart, that that moment would be filled with terror. Yeah. And holy fear and being on his knees and seeing it come out, shh, you're like <gasps> the breath and him resting that on your shoulder. Yeah. And just like the tears of joy and and worship and just what a moment to see slain bodies on one side or goats on one side and yeah. walking into wherever the future on the other. And just yeah. that moment it, is. Yeah. We, we, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about in Isaiah, how people that, well, if, when, if you're on the wrong side of the stuff, those people are literally, you will, they, we will be paraded through those people to look at mm. on the feast days and on the Shabbats. These are the bad people. You know, have you ever, do you not understand or know what's underneath God's feet on the throne room under the sea of glass? Do you not know what's put under there? Now, we're not saying, yay, I, let me make it very clear. I take absolutely no joy. I take absolutely no pleasure in knowing that the majority of humanity will be judged and condemned. None whatsoever, which is why I do what I do, which is why I've done what I've done for over 40 years. This is why I do this. I don't want to. God desires to see all men come to salvation to the full knowledge of his son. I will do everything I can to save, to save one. It says that your clothes should even smell like the fire of hell. Mm. You, you know, you get wow. so close. You get so close to trying to save people from themselves mm. that the smell of hell should actually be singeing and be be on your clothing. Don't think for a second that I'm uh, that I I find any joy in the fact that God's enemies will not be spared. Work while it's while it's still day, because night is coming where you won't be able to work. And everything I can do to help bring people to an understanding of their need for Messiah in their life, I will do, and I have done, and that's why I do this. You you don't even know how hated I am <laughs> for what I do. It's like there's some there's people out there that really don't like me because of because of what we're talking about. But you know, it's like. It doesn't matter. I serve a God who has, uh, who who has provided us with a Messiah that is that is amazing and awesome, and I want to share him with the world. That's why I do this. I want that the whole world would know that there's an Elohim in Israel. Mm. That's mm. that's what I want to do. I want to, I want the whole world to know that there's an Elohim in Israel that loves them, that he's a good mm. Abba. Mm. 
and he has all all his thoughts towards you are good thoughts. And all he desires is for you to just be obedient and to love him back. I take no joy in 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 God's enemies being on display for us to look at. I take no joy in God's enemies being placed under the sea of glass at his feet in the throne room. No. But he's sovereign, see. If you think we serve a sadistic God, that's because you don't know him. And you're only able to process this information with a limited human reasoning and practical understanding. And you're missing it. You're absolutely missing it. You spank your child because he needs to be corrected and to spare his soul from hell. You don't spank your child because you love pain, giving him pain. That's, that's, that's perverse. Well, there's a lot of people needing to come out of a hotel today. Father, forgive these people for being Muppets. A bit heavy, very controversial. Um, not, not a lot. Not a lot of warm fuzzies. Unlike the warm fuzzies, a Christmas song would have, uh, would give uh, for the first time hearing it at a store. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to play a little snippet of a Christmas song just to trigger some of you, some of y'all. Don't be so easily triggered, man. If you're going to be triggered by that, David happened, Bowie, what, David Bowie Christmas. Yeah, right. If you're triggered by that, let me explain to you why that's why your religious spirit is going to get in the way. If you're triggered by that, and I know some of them are because I mean I'm I'm reading the comments. But if you're triggered by that, man, you better you you need something better change in you really quickly because what's coming will destroy you if you're triggered by that. Hmm. What's coming will destroy you if you're triggered by me posting that I got a smile on my face and a little warm fuzzy inside when I heard a Christmas song on the, in the store the other day. If that triggers you, man, you need, you need Jesus really bad and really fast or don't leave your house because what's coming will absolutely destroy you. And grow up. What the hell's wrong with you? Grow up. Sheesh. So tired of it. Anyway. Hey, man, this is not your daddy's christian internet show <laughs> wow wow someone get out on the coffee wait no hey uh, you know what i'm gonna leave you alone with these people for a minute i'll be right back i'm gonna go get some more coffee. uh-oh i appreciate your comments everyone Try, try to follow along. Don't, don't always get them. That's why my eyes are sometimes going back and forth. Stay close to the word. That's all I can stay, say. Stay close to Jesus in his word. I've been thinking about A.W. Tozer quote. I'll butcher it, but it says something about what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing or about us or the most important thing about any person is what comes into their mind when they think about God. And in my conversations, I have a lot of one-on-ones. The thing I say is I change the word God to Jesus. The most important thing about you is what comes into your mind 
when you hear the name of Jesus. And when, when people, whether they are raised in evangelical Christianity or no clue, or their hearts are hard to, hard to the Lord, they eventually, if you have that premise of every knee shall bow, and maybe you don't say this to those people, but it's like, that's nice. But what are, what, what comes into your, where are you with Jesus? How would you describe your knowledge of Jesus? What, what do you feel about Jesus? And that's a great conversation starter because you don't talk about the top five things you could talk about, whether it's politically related, health related, uh, finance related, education related, and even Christians, even myself, even me and my wife yesterday in the car, our daughter was like, stop talking about that. Like we're sick of talking about the hot topics and the things that are on the edges of our lips are the things that are important to you. And is that thing Jesus? Yeah. When we've lost hope in whatever we put our hope in and we're talking about this and this, and did you hear this? And did you read this article? Did you see this? Is like, but what should be on the forefront of our lips is our hope in Jesus and what is God doing in the world? And then it's a joy-filled life. And don't let the world steal your joy. Don't let the heavy topics of the moment steal our joy because he says, in this world, you have trouble. He doesn't promise in this world, you have millions of dollars in this world. You have trouble. What's trouble? Well, what would I be troubled by? Well, if the Seahawks lost, well, yeah, I guess that's one form of trouble, but, but you know, if, if our, if your kids got sick, if your bank account got closed, if the internet shut down, if you lost electricity, that's going to, you know, you will have trouble by whatever trouble you define it as. But I have overcome and finding that daily place of victory, daily place of returning to victory. Whether it's in the first thing in the morning, God, you have been proclaiming the name of Jesus over everything in your life. God, you've already defeated this. You promised victory. You will have me bow. How do I participate in bowing today? And show me those things that aren't bowing. Those show the things in my heart that aren't bowing you to today. And I release them to you. I release everything I put my hope in that is not of you. And and uh, that's what I think of. It comes down to what we conceive of Jesus to be like in our heart. And everything else is subliminal. Uh, it's not so. That's the wrong word. Jesus is the priority, and that determines how we act and respond and think to everything else that can come at us. And don't let the world steal your joy, and don't let the world steal your worship. Because in the end, every knee, every knee bows. It's just so hard to what see dimly. We see dimly right now, right, Alan? We see dimly. Yeah. And God, remove the scales from my eyes. Remove the things that are trying to keep things dim to your glory into your holiness because that Jesus is the only thing that's going to get us through. And that's why Chris is here because he's so much nicer than I am. <laughs> he's so much more gentler. He's more pastoral. I love you, Chris. I love you. It's so tempting to look away from the sun of righteousness. 
looking at over here or over here or what about this and stay stay in the vine yeah stay in the vine i know abide 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 and we want to help you any way we can we have resources um if we can help you yeah, worship is a good way to abide. Proper worship, spiritual worship. That's a great way to plug in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something was said last night. Uh, maybe somebody that was there last night can help me with the wording. And that was um, our understanding determines our spiritual authority. What was it? How was that said? I didn't write it down because I was busy doing the show. Well, doing the Bible, leading the Bible study. It's not a show, but... Our understanding determines our spiritual authority or something like that. If somebody can remember how that was worded, if you can type it down, write it down, we'll uh, go from there. We'll share that with you. Lynn, that's kind of something like you said to you. You kind of touched on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about our identity in him. Our identity is the boss of our spiritual authority, or our understanding of our identity in Him determines our authority, our spiritual authority. Something like that. Because understanding who we are in Him, our oh, identity yeah. in Him, is everything. That determines whether you're a fivefold, twofold, onefold, you know, talent, Mina. That determines whether you're, you're going to get 20-fold, 40-fold, 60-fold, 80-fold, 100-fold return on your investment. Um, who Knowing who you are in him is going to determine how far you go in this and how far you allow him to take you in this, right? Because if you only believe you're a 50% son of God, if your identity is only 50% grafted in, if you're only 50% co-heir, join heir, you're only going to get 50% out of this thing, you know? Yeah. The identity piece, I think about the word invitation. Many are invited, few chosen. Oh, I'm um, yeah. um, yeah. Is it John where um, he says, um, your assignment, your assignment is basically to eat and drink in the kingdom. We're invited to sit at his table if he, the king of the universe is our father, yep. like I, he owns every field, every mountain, every kingdom, and you, you're in your, that's your inheritance. And, and, he, and he says, hey, God, hey, come into the palace. We got fresh wine, fresh fruit. He's like, hey, how's it going? He was, wants a conversation at the table. Wine, wine, that's, is, wine is free. And, and it's, that's our identity. We're a child of the king, and he's our father, and every good thing he has, he wants yeah. to give us. And it's like, and when you when you're in feasting at that table daily, it changes your perspective. Changes it's, it. It's it's house of the Lord. That's that song. I want to be in the house of the Lord. To dine at kingdom with my king. Let your words be the food I eat, the food I eat. Long to live in your house, O Lord. My son was reading history. He's doing this history thing that goes through the Bible and it's connected to modern events. So it, he was reading about some fortress or castle where he's talking, Dad, did you know the, the I, I'm going to botch this. Did you know the walls were like 30 feet thick? 
as a picture of a fortress and you're at that table with the Lord feasting in this castle, the wolves are still how are still howling. They're outside the walls. Why, why do you think we do Renaissance fairs? And there's, and there's 30, 30 foot walls and they're howling. They're not going to stop, but you're safe and secure. You're yeah. in my house. Yeah. I, I, because we watched the Lord of the Rings together, Julian was like, I had to pause it. Cause he was like, wait, orcs, orcs are, you know, he was making the connection. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely what it is. See, mm. a lot of people think, see, here's the thing. A lot of people believe they're part of the fellowship of the ring, but they live like orcs. Um, you know, that's why I say whatever you thought you would be doing during the Holocaust, whatever you thought you'd be doing during an Anne Frank scenario, whatever you think you would be doing with Nazi Germany regime, whatever you think you would be doing, this is what you're doing it right now. You're literally doing it right now. What you're doing right now is what you would have done then. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're not that guy because you're that guy. Don't be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. No, Lord. Yeah. And I don't know how much I just said that's going to get us pulled, but yeah. God is good. God is good and he does good. Well, I don't want to be that guy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My God is capable of delivering me from the fire, but even if he doesn't, that's some my faith. sword is still his. Wow. <laughs> I'd definitely be a hobbit in this scenario. That's awesome. Oh, man, that's great. I appreciate that. Thank you, Brian. That's awesome. We're all hobbitses, aren't we? We're all just hobbitses. We all have our precious. Damn. Second breakfast. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> It'd be fascinating uh, if Tolkien was alive these days or C.S. Lewis or. What would they be any, saying? Any, yeah, I wonder what. what uh, well, dude, they were around for, uh, you know, they were around when Hitler was bombing freaking England. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm wondering what. Yeah. I mean, their art was in response to that, obviously. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it wouldn't be much different. What's your precious? What's the precious ring? If we're continuing Lord of the Rings, and you said I'd have to we all that. have our precious. What yeah. is the what is the precious that's stealing our hope? Yeah. Or or stealing us away from the vine. Yeah. I'd have to think about that only simply because I've 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 worked so hard at getting rid of rid of as many preciouses as I, I used to have. You know, people you know, I, I say this and it's not I say it jokingly, but it's not a joke. But these people, I'll talk to you for a second there, Chris. These people are dealing with the twenty twenty one version of me. They're not dealing with the two thousand five version of me. They're not dealing with the two they're not dealing with the nineteen ninety six version of me. Right? They and they have no idea what that means. You do. Yeah. You know, like they're not dealing with the 1986, 88 version of me. Lenny knows knows what that means, you know, or the 1990 Sin Disease just came out version of me, you know, and they don't understand what that means. Well, you do because you were there. How many preciouses have I gotten rid of since 1996? From glory to glory, we are changed. Right? Further up and further in. 
I think Brian, I think this is a good question. And I, I think if I'm connecting it to the question we just asked, precious, what's precious to us? The Lord of the Rings analogy. What is the thing we're running to and that perhaps have been blind to in Gollum? I mean, he doesn't he doesn't see his own transformation when when the ring has it such a grip. It, yeah. And then when people out on the outside see it, like, whoa, yeah. dude, something's got a grip of you and yeah. a grip on you. What is the what is the precious? To me, that's the answer to that question is the daily ask, God, what am I holding on to that you want to release? What if if I believe we go from glory to glory, what's the step? of release that I need you to take from me or lead me into. And what, what is, what have I allowed to live in the corner of my heart that you want to change? Like now, like change today and submit. And every, every day it's a, it's a releasing God. What do I release to you today? Not what do, what do I pull? Like, what, what do you want me to release? And it's incremental. And yeah. I want to finish mine because I don't want my dot, dot, dot to feed the trolls. I am not saying that I don't have any preciouses. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is I'd have to think about it because I've, I've worked so hard at getting rid of like, and that's why I'm saying the amount of preciouses I had in 96, you were there, Chris, to Mm -hmm. the amount that I have now is there's, I have a lot less of them, (laughs) you know? Um, so I'd have to think about that. I'd have to think about that. And what else um, What else do we think is the most important thing we can do right now as believers? I will, t- I will say this, and here's my mantra, right? And I'll, t- and I'll explain why I'm saying this, because it takes you to the next step. You, if, if you don't have a fasting lifestyle, if you don't have a prayer lifestyle, a prayer and a spirit lifestyle, if you don't have, if you don't, Pray in the spirit. If you're not fasting, if you're not eating the word, you need to do that. You need to do that. You need to do that quickly. Um, why? Well, fasting just clear. Not only does does it clear you, but it clears the air around you. Um, worshiping in the spirit, praying in the spirit. If you don't have a spiritual language, go you know go hard after it. Paul said, "I want you know to, to pursue those gifts." Um, because these are all, why? Well, because if you are fasting, if you are in eating the word, well, let me put it, let me put it, let me put it in order. If you're praying in the spirit and if you're worshiping in the spirit and you're interacting in the spiritual realm with your spiritual language, that is going to open up the word to you. And when you fast on top of that, it opens it up even more. Is that true, Chris? Yes. Okay. And if you do those things, guess what? You'll start to you'll start to flex those muscles of discernment. You'll start to flex those muscles of wisdom and revelation and understanding so that you know how to navigate your tomorrow. See, cuz your tomorrow is going to look different than mine. Now we're all going to be on the what does Lance Wall now say? If you're on the Titanic, just cuz you're in the chapel room praying on the Titanic and the Titanic goes down, you go down with it. Right. So I'm not saying, you know, what I'm saying is the specifics of your tomorrow won't be necessarily exactly like mine. And so I'm not there. I can't, I'm not walking with you physically. So I won't be able to. So, right. So, but if you're doing that, if you're in the word, if you're fasting, if you're in the spirit, and if you're praying and worshiping in the spirit and the word and opening up, you'll, you'll 
start to develop the muscles and the muscle memory you need so that whatever happens tomorrow, you'll be able to navigate, you'll be able to wax on, wax off the fiery darts of the enemy, right? Your muscle memory will take you back to the word and, and the standing, standing firm that you're a prince, you're a king, you're a holy priestly king. You're the righteousness of God in Messiah, right? You have spiritual authority based on these things we're talking about, right? That's the best advice I could give anyone because I'm not going to be there. I won't, I won't, you're, you know, for example, um, I don't work a day job because I do this. Some of you work day jobs and some of you are being threatened right now with your day job. See, that's why your tomorrow is going to look a little different than mine, right? Uh, little things like that. And I can't really say a whole lot because we don't want to get pulled. But anyway, see what I'm saying? But if we're in the Word, if we're in the Spirit, see, walking in the Spirit actually does require the Holy Spirit, unlike that nebulous philosophical approach that Christianity has shoved down our throat because they can't do it, so they can't teach you how to do it, so they just dismiss it. That's why worship in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, reading the Word, fasting, all those things will help develop the tools and the muscle memory. Does that make sense? Chris, what would you add to that? Yeah, the word, the word make the word has wisdom for all things, every situation, the answer to every question. And I just I mean, if I get really practical, I would just increase your time on the word. Not from a legalistic, but from a like, Lord, my only hope is from you. Yeah. You say you have troubles, but you have overcome. I believe this word is from you, and this is you speaking to me and starting there and meditating and soaking in it. And as that, as you read and you find something that ministers to you, because it will if you do it and ask God to minister to you as you read, then that becomes the place of prayer or worship or adoration and like, oh, thank you for this word. And that and that's how it works for me. If I start in a word and then something in the word triggers me yeah. in a positive way towards him, and I read something I never that I never connected with before, and then it opens my eyes to adoration and thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. But worship, tongues, prayer, it all starts for me in the word of just quieting my heart and Okay, what Lord, what do you want to speak to me today? And right. That's where I was gonna go next. Make that time. Will, you gotta make time for the Lord. Yeah. And those things, like you just said, that that will help you develop being able to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Go buy that plot of land. Sell that plot of land. Yeah. Wait before you buy or sell that plot of land. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that we're gonna to need to understand and know. Now, just because what's happening is happening around us doesn't mean Kingdom principles stop working. If anything, they're accelerated and they're enhanced, right? It's like uh, if you watch like a, a chef, he'll do something to open up the aromas or, right? This stuff is designed to enhance the fragrance of kingdom lifestyle in the earth realm today. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. What is happening around us is designed to bring out the aromas 
of kingdom lifestyles in the earth realm. Hmm. But you have to be this, you have to be that guy in order to walk like that. So you're right. It's like, well, Alan, if if the if the economy is going to collapse, what would you do? Why would you be buying land, or why would you be dealing with real estate, or why would you be whatever spending money or whatever? You know, it's like the kingdom lifestyle doesn't work that way. The kingdom lifestyle is completely different. The kingdom lifestyle isn't predicated on what's happening in the physical realm. Isaac reaped a hundredfold in the land of famine, and it's a transferable blessing. It's it's all in there. Chameleon, that's what chameleon church is. That's what chameleon church means. Deuteronomy 8.18. Let me remind you. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, when you're in the land, all fat in the land, because I gave you all those houses and all that stuff, don't forget that it was me, says God, says Adonai, that gave you the ability to make wealth. Now, that might just, that might be too much of a paraphrase. Let me literally read to you Deuteronomy 8.18 out of the English Standard Version. This is where Chameleon Church comes from. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. And it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Okay? Here's what it says, give you some context. Verse 17, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. The word power in the Hebrew is, oh, sheesh, how, how, can, how can I, how did I, it's, you know what, it's been a long time since I've talked about this. Um, hold on, let me pull this up. Oh, one second, one second. Wow, this is, this is such a great chapter. All right, here we go. The word power in the Hebrew is kuach. And that word broken down in the Hebrew is lizard. The lizard power. And what? then that word lizard breaks down to chameleon. Look it up in the Strongs. I didn't make this up. The word kuach, power. In Deuteronomy 8.18 means lizard. He gives us the lizard power. And then all you religious spirit people are going, oh my God, how he's saying lizard power. God gives us lizard power. He's a serpentine church guy. <laughs> Who? This has literally been said to us. Who would put a reptilian as a logo for their church? They, they're not of God. Why? Reptiles are unclean. So are lions, cupcake. So are lions. So anyway, look it up. Don't believe me. Look at the Hebrew. The word kuach, power, means lizard. And that breaks down to chameleon. He gives us the chameleon-like power. Now, a chameleon adapts to any climate, any economy, any environment, any situation or circumstance and creates an atmosphere conducive to and the resources necessary for its own success. The word kuach, power. So in Deuteronomy 8, it says... Uh, he gives you the kuach, the power, the lizard-like, chameleon-like ability to what? To get wealth. The word get is asa in the Hebrew. Don't, don't, don't believe me. Go look it up. And the word asa means to work with the substance of creation. Let us asa man in our image. It means to make something out of nothing. 
So Deuteronomy 8.18 says that God gives you like chameleon-like ability to work with the substance of creation and to create out of nothing wealth. That's kingdom. Welcome to Chameleon Church. Oh, I should have had the outro ready to go there. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that. I had no idea. Yeah. He gives us the chameleon-like ability. He gives us the ability to adapt to our environment, our, our, our right? I mean, how else do you so uh, how else do you reap a hundredfold in the land of famine? Everyone else around you is is hating yeah. it and you're yeah. Yeah. So, kingdom economy, kingdom lifestyle in the earth realm is going to look totally different. And I know a lot of us have experienced kingdom economy in our lives in the last two years. So that's what you do to answer your question. Pray, fast, pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit, worship in the Spirit, read the Word, understand it, eat it, hear His voice, discern, so that you know what to do tomorrow. You're listening to Chameleon Church, Biblical Antidotes for the Modern Man, with your host, Ellen Aguirre. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.